Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your host. I am Pastor David. We got James here today. Hey, hey. And we got Brother Lee. What's up? What's up, Lee? What's up, man? What's up, y'all? And we got Pastor. Did you forget his name? This is Matt Bell. Matt Bell. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I just went blank. I just went blank. I'm so I'm, I'm so just, important. I know. I just listened know? to a whole hour of him telling his his family story. <laughs> Listen to what I have to say. <laughs> Nobody can remember my name. I know your grandfather's name, Leonard. Jason comes in here yeah, yesterday. Coop, he Leonard writes Coop. down everybody's See? name. Say, so let me make sure I got everybody's name. This is uh, you, I Davis. I just went over James. this. I, I have all of this stuff You're sitting fired. right here. You're fine. Oh man! And look, I know, I know. Leonard Coot, John Bell, <laughs> Dave Bell, and then even Matt Bell are here. At the the oh man, I'm such a terrible host. Oh man, let me start this off. Not too. Here's your host, in. James and Lee, over here. <laughs> So do we do one take? Is that how this goes? That's it. This is one take. This is the organic as it gets, man. Do you bleep? I mean, are there bleeps on here? I mean, if you say a bad word, word, you say (laughs) Cool. Uh, How you guys doing, man? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing better now that you got his name wrong. Yes, goodness gracious. Lee, how's the convocation been for you? It's been good. Yeah? It's been good, you know. I've really been enjoying it and uh, just, uh, you know, just coming over here and expecting and receiving something, you know. Not just to sit down like I usually do it on every Sunday mornings. Well, you don't know don't always sit nobody. down. You're no. always serving, so yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Like just Well, sitting. you know, you know, when during the, you know, I don't want to say too much about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been like I said, I've been coming trying to pay attention, you know, and I've been receiving, so it's been a blessing. Expectations were to yeah, yeah, come with the expectation, James. I know you've been super busy. You've been doing special songs, running sound, yelling at me. <laughs> Only a little bit. So. <laughs> hey, Lee's been helping out in the sound. He's yeah, been up there yeah. all in the morning. So. Yep. Yeah. He's been Shout here every Lee. service. He's been either on the soundboard or over there on the lights yeah. or something like that. That's yeah. why That's why up there it's so easy just to like hide behind the soundboard and... It's not pay attention. Even if he shows so. up two minutes after service starts, right, he right. still is eventually get here. They're like, Pastor David, Lee will be here in a minute. Just watch this until he gets here. <laughs> right. Oh, wait. That's not just my church where no. the sound no, 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 shows no. up after it's started? No, right. no, no, not at all. It's good to know. No, but it's been good, though. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Matt? Yes. Man, some good stuff that you've been giving us this week. What, um, other than your stuff, what's been your favorite so far? Oh, it'd have to be... Uh, Pastor Ron's uh, Tuesday morning, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Is that Monday morning? Monday morning. Yeah, Monday. that just that just killed me. He okay. just the holiness of God just touched my heart. I was sitting over there crying. Just it was it was amazing. It was a masterpiece. I just told him. I said that that was a masterpiece. And uh, yeah, it really blessed me. Very good, very good. I know we're having a good time. Um, if you've been here watching it, if you've been online watching it, if you haven't seen it yet, go back on on the YouTube channel and, and check it out because this has been some really, really good stuff. Yeah. Normally, the uh, Randy Caldwell comes in here and blows things up, um, and we love Randy Caldwell around here, but I think that he's got outshined this year so far. We'll see what he, what he comes Ooh. with tonight, but... Uh, Man, the words that came before him this week has just been tough. And and it's kind of been a different one this year, right? Yeah. Normally we have these guys, these firecrackers that come in and then just, just whip you up and down. And then 
this year with Pastor Jason and Pastor Matt coming here and just really sticking to you in a nice way. Mm-hmm. You really can't say nothing about it. You're just like, yes, sir. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I will say there was a, I don't know the guy's name, but he's been coming probably longer than I've been alive. And he's a, he speaks Spanish, so I don't know anything. Him and his wife. And they always come in. They get the translator uh, headphones or whatever. Anyway, he was sitting in front of me during while Randy was preaching the other day. And, uh, you know, Randy was going just because, you know, when he reads scripture, he speaks like five times faster. And so he was just going, and then the Lord said, and the Lord said, and uh, the guys knowing like, there's no way the translator was getting it. Right. And after like 10 minutes of that, the guy that was in front of me, like trying to listen to the translation, he finally just got up and just <laughs> left. And yeah, said, he translates it like, yeah, John chapter 4, 12. Yeah, and I realized he's just, the translator, he must have just thrown his hands up. So. <laughs> Right. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> You're but on your own. It's it's some it's hard enough to understand in English. And the translator. I mean, when he started doing math. Oh yeah, that's what I lost. I bet he was just like, oh yeah, that didn't match. That's because you have to do this other number yeah. times forty divided yeah. by seventy-two to the square root. Oh, right. Yeah. He's a smart guy, man. He's yeah. very smart. So, but my calculator even aired out on me. Yeah, <laughs> mine, mine worked. Ask Randy again. Yeah. You know, mine worked. It, it tracked everything he said. It worked. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> Still don't. Right? Why I was doing it? <laughs> he said, "This is the number." He said, "But, but, dang, that guy is smart." <laughs> Jeez, it all matched the end. That's funny. That's funny. All right, well, let's just jumping right into culture corner. Culture Corner, I found a Christian musical that's going to come out on Netflix, I think March 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix has taken a lot of heat by putting some of their not-so-Christian content out, but this one's called A Week Away. Um, it's a Christian musical, so let's watch the trailer, and then we'll get into, we'll talk about it a little bit and see what we think if you haven't already uh, canceled your Netflix subscription. Come on. Just tell her the truth. Here's the Will Hawkins file. Social services put everything in there. You didn't tell me this was church camp. It's gonna be great. Nope. Come on. What's with the name? A Ouija way. A week away. Every once in a while, somebody's just a week away from an experience that changed everything for them. Nice to meet you. What's her story? Way out of your league, trust me. Her dad owns the place. If I'm going to fit in here, I have to be something I'm not. Well, this will be fun. Good luck, Will. You're going to need it. Turn it up. Memory. Was the singing too much? I couldn't decide. No, no, thing. no, that's what got me. Oh, the singing? Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> you are perfect, aren't you? No. I'm like trying to be what everybody expects me to be. It is exhausting. I totally get it. It's 
been so long since I felt so connected. He's lying to you. Will isn't who he says he is. So what, do you just run away? You don't know anything about me. You're not gonna believe me. I don't need you to fix me. I'm not trying to fix yeah, right. you, Will. There's nothing bad. Your parents would be really proud of you. She's on there. So let's just talk about a week away. A week away. Okay, what's that actor's name? Well, what's his name? Well, let me let me just. Because I know you were thinking the same thing. Yeah, when you, when Todd Packer from there the Office is. is in your Christian movie, he's the dad. In the first five seconds of the trailer, it, it's just thank you for telling me what this is going to be like. Uh-huh. Yeah, there so, is just no way. <laughs> possible that is, this is good or wholesome is There's it supposed just no to be way. a christian movie or is it just a story about them going faith to a christian musical a week away to land on netflix on march 26th yeah. faith-based it's about a young boy that gets in trouble that's headed to juvenile but goes to a week away and he has todd Who's, packer as his todd mentor packer. <laughs> <laughs> todd packer comes in and saves the day I was trying to think of what his name was on Anchorman. I couldn't think of it. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, okay, got, who, it's, it's got quite a few, uh, you know, known people, you know. Um, it has Todd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just talk about Christian movies. That's what I was going to say. Who made it? Because most of these Christian movies are not very good movies at all. It doesn't say who made it. Is it, it the says, same people that made like Facing the Giants and all that stuff? Okay, so that's what I wanted to kind of talk about. I mean, this was kind of cheesy. It was just the, I mean, it's every other uh-huh. Christian movie out there. They got the young kid that's in trouble and he he goes into this camp or he visits a church uh-huh. and he gets saved. And I know that's the process of the whole thing anyways, but is it? Because it seemed like. He found true love. Yeah, it camp. was a love story for and sure. Are we in, like? Do you guys encourage people to like come to camp and that's what find it is? Your it's friend. They're a dating. <laughs> well, camp. I think I kissed Christian one of my singles. first girls at uh, youth camp <laughs> in San Antonio or something. Really? Yeah, that's funny. At IBC so, in the uh, hallway behind the uh, basketball court. I heard that, David Cook. Yeah, thank you, David Cook. I mean, but but then you got married. Right? Yeah, you married? Did you marry to a different that, lady? Her? No, I think I married. That was her best friend. I think or something like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. It makes it sound so much worse. I'm, can I just be <laughs> honest? Yes. Thank you for being okay. honest, dude. We appreciate. I mean, <laughs> you can be honest without telling us everything. Uh, well, listen, my story is out there. <laughs> that is true. This podcast has pulled you, my you story. You kissing out. the best friend at youth camp is not <laughs> the craziest no. thing. So no wonder you wanted us to watch no. this. It validates yeah. all his. <laughs> yeah, my craziness. He's probably no. been arguing with Sandra about this. Uh, no, nah, me decades. and Sandra are cool, man. We we've talked about everything. There's no no hidden secret. So, um, but my thing is like how creative. Can can we get creative as as Christians? Like it seems like everything. So I 
I have a, what's it, Pure Flix. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent that $150 or whatever. It's like more expensive than Netflix. Wow, you did? So I spent the money because I was trying to invest in the Keenum and have some like wholesome stuff for my kids to watch. Mm-hmm. And it is garbage. Yeah. Garbage. You know, there was this one motorcycle show that I want, I was going to get real into because they have a, like 15 seconds of good clips in that, the whole season. Mm-hmm. It was all in the trailer. It was all in the trailer yeah. and the rest of it was garbage. That's too bad. Um, and I want to give my money, you know, I mean, I work mm-hmm. hard, but I want to give my money back to the kingdom and all those things. And, and I know it's going to take a while for some of these Christian writers and producers to catch up to maybe some of the quality of the secular world. But I know what you're talking about. Taking a long time, people. Look, they have some good stuff sometimes. You see the um, what was the one came out like a year ago about the uh, the guy that wrote uh, the I can only imagine song. What's it called? What's oh, the, the guy's one, name. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, the one that his father died and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they made a movie out that of it. That was pretty good. The guy's on third day or something, solid. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, like, did you watch that good. show? I don't. I don't. I didn't want to watch it because I thought it was going to be bad. Um, That's me too. But I normally don't tune into a Christian movie. Somebody says it's good. Um, But yes, it's just rough, man. It's not like it's impossible, but the percentage of. So what is the thing? You think it's because over the years. So, I mean, we're in a Pentecostal church now. So we a lot of us grew up hellfire or brimstone so we didn't even watch tv like you were going to hell if you watched mm-hmm. tv when you was a kid yeah so now do we have to like catch up to let some of these people to get into the industry to make good stuff i think the problem is that the the movie industry was developed by people who had a different objective than what is maybe some well-meaning people are trying to do with this kind of stuff but they're coming from a totally different place. They're coming from a totally different worldview. They're trying to communicate a totally different kind of message. And when you reduce the gospel to some kid going to camp, like it just becomes cheesy, right? Yeah. So the context, right? I talked about that last night. The The world is going to think we're foolish, but we're trying to compete in the world space mm-hmm. with with the kingdom. And it just doesn't hold up because people don't go to movies to – to find out about the gospel, like that's not what they're into, right? There's other objectives. And so I, I just think they're coming from a, to- they're just totally coming from different places. And we're trying to fit the gospel into a mold that they've created. Mm, that's and, good. and it just ends up looking like cheese. Yeah. yeah. So we probably should use our entertainment as entertainment. Not, I think so. Not uh, trying to project the gospel out there, um, or, but just or, for or, entertainment. Or, or just like like so so I think those like uh, what's that war room movie war room um, a brother in our church literally made me watch that movie um, and it, there's moments that are just super cheese right I mean all like I, I I walked into the room with tortilla chips and I ended up eating nachos <laughs> just because of how much cheese was coming out of that so cheesy oh. We'll clap for it. Okay. I, I didn't know you had that. Yeah, I've Watch out because uh, now I'm really now I'm really gonna be trying to get you to push that yellow button. <laughs> well, we we got better ones than that. We got rim shots over there. We got okay. a, we, uh, yeah. But no, it, it. But the message, the message ended up being really great, and I, I think we're not the we're not the target demographic for cheesy Christian movies. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably you know some. Older people in 
ladies mostly, right? But that's definitely not for older people, right? That's the teen yeah. field. Uh, and but nobody's going to watch that but Christians. The world is yeah. not going to watch that. They're right going to the first two minutes and they're like, next. They they assured that nobody would watch it by making it also a musical. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. That's why they put Todd Packer on there to try, yeah, just, to, to try and keep the world interested, you know. Wow. By the way, we got Todd Packer. Yeah, he might yeah. sing a song. Oh, that would like, oh, be even <laughs> more horrible. Oh, my goodness. Do you shake think, his belly a little bit. Do you think Christians spend on a whole... The, the proper amount of time consuming content and entertainment? Proper amount? Yeah. You mean like less than they should? Yeah, less than they should or more than they should? No, I think they probably more than they I think most people in general spend yeah, way too I think much time. It, it kind of goes back to what you were saying on, the, on the, the platform today was how many times have you read your Bible? Yeah. One, two, three, four, ten, twenty, whatever it is. Yeah. And most of the people can tell you probably none. I, I never read through the Bible, and I've been in church my whole life until I was locked up. Yeah. I mean, literally, I had nothing else to do, so that was the first time I read through my Bible. Right. You know? Thank so, God he locked you up. Yeah. You thank know, God. Christian you music even, my mom. My mom tells her testimony. She has two knee replacements, and she says it was because of me <laughs> that she was on her knees praying every single night. Nice. Every single night. The so. knee replacements was... For all the praying she was doing, all the praying, all the all the time she <laughs> was on her knees. Every gunshot in the wow. neighbor that went, uh, the neighborhood that went off. Every uh, you know helicopter that came in and picked mm-hmm. a gunshot wound up. She you know she she just knew it was me. You yeah. know, so she would be on her knees all night praying. So, uh, so it's just one of those things. Praise um, God, I, I can't see that in you right now. I know, oh, bro. It's a big change, a big change. I have to show you uh, uh, some pictures later, but yeah. So do you like pay for your mom's insurance bill? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I bought a, I bought a house with the uh, mother in law's quarters on it, so she lives with me now, and I take care of her. Good and my for you. Yeah, her and my dad. So good. Uh, they're right there on our property, man, and it's it's awesome. It's an awesome thing. So yeah, yeah. I think Christians spend too much time watching stuff. Yeah, I really do. But in in fact, uh, my wife and I are talking about getting rid of our TVs, like for real. And I left it up. We were going to take it down this past weekend, but I left it up because I was going out of town, and she's having to be there with the kids for spring break. So I thought, we'll we'll, we'll give this one more week just so you can have sanity. But we're 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 done. Well, I will tell you what we did. You're what we miss do, this and we've new done movie this. Coming out. I am. I miss it. <laughs> we what well, we have done. I have older kids, so I have kids in their twenties with kids, and then I have some little ones at home. And uh, even when the older ones were at home, we did no screens mm-hmm. during the week. Yeah. It was only on the weekend, you know, yeah. Friday right. evening, Saturday, and then Sunday up until a certain point, And then they get cut off and then we get ready for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of just made it. I felt a little bit fair for them yeah. at the same time, but took the distraction away from them during the week, made them go outside and play. You know, yeah. all my kids played yeah. baseball and football and basketball and all those things. Uh, which they're they're kind of the first generation, especially my older ones, that pulled out from the you know the the driveway and went into the video games and stuff. And mm-hmm. now they all play video games, but at least they know what it is to get outside and sweat, you know. Yep. So and then now the ones uh, that I have at home, they all they do the same thing. So I don't. know. I definitely think we need to take those distractions away. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's not it, for me. 
it's not just the distraction, it's the indoctrination that yeah. they're doing to my kids mm-hmm. through this stuff. Even if it's only on the weekends, they're pushing the transgender, they're pushing homosexuality in just the kids' shows. And it's impossible for us to police everything 24-7. And I'm reading this book right now about the epidemic of transgenderism that's sweeping through teenage girls right now. That, And it's because of the indoctrination they're getting on, on cell phones, through social media, through stuff like this. Oh. And it's really that <clears throat> they are the number one people that are saying that they're transgender as young teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Once they hit puberty, life is hard. Apparently, none of us here know what that's like as a young woman. But mm-hmm. um, so they're in the, all of their insecurities and all of this stuff. Then people immediately come in and say, well, it just means you're transgender. Yeah. And then they get all of this affirmation through social media. They come out and everybody loves them. And before the parents even realize what has happened, They've been indoctrinated because they've been watching hours and hours and hours and hours of YouTube. And I'm I'm just I'm I'm seeing that. And my kids are young, they're only eight, and I'm seeing that and I'm saying we're we're gonna do something radically different now so that when they are in that age bracket, they're not gonna be pestering us. Yeah. You yeah. know, where's the where are we you know, I want they're not gonna be pushing the the envelope constantly. Let me have my phone in my room. Let, let me have a TV in my room. Let me, you know, and dangerous. I'm, I'm just doing it now when they're kids yeah. and they, you know, what can they do? They can't even argue back. Yeah. You know, good. we, <clears throat> we don't let our kids watch TV in the living room, right? There's no uh, TV. Up. Well, we have a, a media room upstairs. Um, and it, you know, it has the movies and stuff that we, we watch as a family up there. But as far as TV, it's in the living room. Um, so we can monitor those t- those things. And if you want something for your kid, just call 3X Watch that you can put it on their phones. Uh, we've been using it for years. Um, and it's a, a football player, ex-NFL football player, that he, uh, he, he did this because he's seen that the issues that he was having with pornography and he needed somebody to help him break him, break that, uh, that curse in his life. And so he took his money that he made in the NFL and made this app so you can put it on your phone and, and, um, you set it up and it sends emails to whoever you're, you want to send and it tells you what websites that you're, that were questionable or whatever. And you can start holding people accountable and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Same way with, we put it on all of our kids' phones. It was a, a really, really good thing. So. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, the whole... Um, but you know most parents don't do that. Most of them don't, no. Right, because you work with youth, and you, you understand that most parents are clueless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most parents are so wrapped up in their own insanity. Yeah. And so they just they, they let YouTube, Netflix, Amazon, Instagram, Facebook raise their kids. Yeah. Because they, they just don't want to deal with the noise. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, man, because my son's in, uh, he's in ninth grade. And, you know, all everybody over the youth group, they have the, the different apps, the social, social media apps. And, you know, Pastor Caesar, he uses them, you know, he uses them to right. communicate and stuff. So my son's like, hey, can I get Snapchat? And I'm just like, no. You right. know, when he was right. when he was in junior high, I absolutely said no. And then I found it on his phone, you know, and they have these like now they have hitting hidden apps on your yeah. phone that make it look like something else, but it's actually something you, something you want to hide from your parents. Uh, luckily, I didn't find that. It was just on his phone, but my buddy, he had found one of those. And then, so we talked about it, and when he come, become high school age, I let him have Snapchat. Um, but we closely monitor it, too, you know, so 
it's tough, man. It's tough being a parent. I know it's tough being a kid. What you was talking about, uh, some of this uh, uh, gay stuff, it's, man, it's one of those things out, out right now. And one of the things that it really, the like hormone blockers and stuff that yeah. they're giving kids that are super young age right yeah. now is unbelievable. Like right. these kids don't even know. I wouldn't let them pick what we're having for dinner, much less ask them if they want to be a male or female. Right. They, they don't even understand how to look both ways to cross the street yet. Right. And we're giving them hormone, hormone blockers. Right. Come on, somebody wake up. The crazy, the other crazy thing is like you were saying, a lot of it is uh, teenage girls is like the highest percentage. So it's like you'll get you get one girl who decides, you know what, yep. I'm transgender, and then she tells all her friends, I'm transgender, and it's a cool thing. It yeah, is, it's, it's pretty cool. Trend. You should be transgender too. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got a whole little clique of girls that weren't transgender last year, and now, and it's like, how do you explain to them? Like statistically, it's. It's it's not it's almost impossible that all four of you just happen no. to be, you know what I mean? Right. No twenty. Uh, the book I'm reading, I, I'll have to look it up. What it is? It's not by a Christian author, um, and it's not written from a Christian worldview. It's just somebody talking about the what what she has saw as this epidemic, and so she's re- researching. It's called irreversible damage, the oh, transgender I've craze heard, I've seducing our daughters. Yeah. So. Just so you know, it's not a Christian book. There's all kinds of stuff in there that, you know, I wouldn't recommend or I'm not endorsing. But what I am saying is that she's she's unveiling what's happening in these communities that we need to be aware of. But up until 20 years ago, on, like only 1% of transgender people were female. 99% of people who are transgender up until 20 years ago, were men, to the point that they had no research, no scientific, no medical community documentation or anything about women being transgender. And then all of a sudden, it's just this explosion. And the the number one demographic is young teenage girls. And it's not surprising because when we were kids, the thing for young teenage girls was they would become anorexic or bulimic, right? That That's the thing. And then the next thing it was, okay, we're cutting ourselves. And, and like every generation, there's some sort of thing. Yeah. But at some point you realize, you know what, I got to start eating food, mm-hmm. right? At some point you realize like, well, uh, maybe maybe I'm not just going to keep cutting myself, right? But once you've started on these hormone blockers, once you've chopped off your breasts, once you've had your ovaries removed, like that's permanent stuff. Mm-hmm. It can't You can't undo that kind yeah. of stuff. And so it's saying that th- this thing is not like those other trends that sweep through adolescent girl communities. This is permanent, f- yeah. ruins them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And I've heard people like uh, Joe Rogan talk about stuff like this. It was super, per- you know, he, he you know, he, he believes if that's what you want to do, you can do it. But super progressive. But it, even he says, listen, we shouldn't let them make these decisions until they're 21, 25 years old. And then if they want to do it, but do, letting them, there was this video that I watched and uh, they had these undercover, uh, the videos and they were going in and talking to these people at this conference or whatever. And they were just like, yeah, we can, uh, this, this girl was like four or five years old. And just because she was wearing uh, her brother's uh, clothes or whatever, you know, oh yeah, we can get her started on this medicine. And the time she's, wow. you know, the, you know, 10 years old that she wouldn't even know that she was a female anymore and all these different things. I'm just like, that means 
I would have been a, a female because you know I put my sister's high heels on. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I my parents caught me with some lipstick trying to do what my mom was doing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I was gay, right? Yeah. You know, that means I was curious to seeing what was going on around me. Right, yeah. that was it. Did I say that out loud? Yeah, you, you did. did. Yeah. You said it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you said it on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, man. man, you had a youth. <laughs> I did, bro. Kissing girls at youth camp. Wearing Put on high heels. I grew up in church, and I still turned out bad. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And then you bag it up with bringing helicopters to your neighborhood because you were <sighs> shooting. Well, this is a thing my mom says after uh, my friends and I, uh, we all grew up and moved out that uh, the neighborhood got a whole lot better. <laughs> so it's terrible. Anyways, that's not even why we're here, guys. We that that we just got off on. Sorry, no, that's good. It's good, good stuff. Good stuff. Let's go ahead and watch this. Uh, we got a song for y'all today. Toby Mac, help us on the way. Maybe midnight or midday, never early, never late. He gon' stand by what he claimed. Lived enough life to say, I heard your heart. I see your pain out in the dark, out in the rain. Feel so alone, feel so afraid. I heard you pray in Jesus' name. It may be midnight or midday. It's never early, never late. He gon' stand by what he claimed. I lived enough life to say. Help is on the way, round in the corner. Help is on the way, coming for you. Life to say, help is on the way. Sometimes it's days, sometimes it's years. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. But he's in the darkness, he's in the cold. Just like the morning, he always shows. It may be midnight or midday. It's never early, never late. Alright, that was Toby Mac. Help is on the way. Can it's, I say something about that? Sure. So I've never listened to Toby Mac's music, um, probably because I'm not into rap, mm-hmm. you know. Because I'm, he's pretty pop but, these days. Yeah, so that that yeah. that's not rap, right? But I, I I was going across YouTube and I found a video of him talking about overcoming grief because his son committed suicide last yeah. year or year. I year think ago. he overdosed. Was yeah. it overdose? It was overdose. Overdose. Yeah. overdose. Sorry, yeah. overdose. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously don't keep up right. with Toby Mac. So, but he was talking about overcoming grief and dealing with that, and that's something that I've had to deal with and wrestle with. Uh, and so I clicked on this video, and can I play a clip of what he said on the video? Can I just hold my yeah yeah of course what he said just made my respect for him go through the roof. And then before you play that, like you're being this song was written oh, right. Sorry, written right after he came out of that, right before COVID. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, so he actually written this during COVID. So his son died, and then it led right into COVID, and then he re- wrote this song. So, go ahead. Oh, is there something you would say to somebody who's trying to carry hurt and hope together right now? You've, you've, um, you will forever be doing that, right? Absolutely. I mean, we all do in various ways. Um but what what would you say to somebody who is carrying hurt and, and and trying to carry hope as well? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything bigger than the word of God. I mean, I really mean it. I don't mean to be trite or throughout the simple thing, but 
reading the word and just being in it and believing it and fighting through it when it seems so crazy to be reading Jeremiah. You know, I just, I'm in the Old Testament right now because I'm reading the whole Bible and it's just like seems so crazy to apply that. But somehow or another, every day, something sort of gets to my heart and is just a word of hope in the, in the midst of my despair. Because, you know, I mean, I, I wake up every morning still and I, the first thought I have is my truth is gone. I mean, that's the truth. I wake up every morning, that's my first thought. But then I fight to get in the word. And then God gives me something, something uh, to hold on to, even if it's about. So my, my, when I heard that, my respect for him just went like mm-hmm. through the roof. Yeah. You know, it's the word. Yeah. Get in the word. He, but it's interesting that he said that he had a fight to get into the word. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the enemy's going to just put the, I mean, those, those thoughts of doubt, you know, mm-hmm. and. Oh, 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 your God is a God that will take your son and you did everything you yeah, could yeah. you could do. And, and look what he ended up doing. He still ended up overdosing. Oh, man, those thoughts that are continuing to go in his head. Um, and I think she put it so well, how to carry hurt and hope. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Yeah. And it was beautiful how she how she asked the question and then he answered it. Man, sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes I have to get in there and I have to force myself to read the word. Right. And in some of the scriptures that he said he was reading, it wasn't one of those, hey, you can everything's gonna be good today. You know? Yeah. Uh God is good. He's gonna he's gonna carry you through these things. No, but it was certain scriptures that didn't really mean anything about healing or anything that spoke to him. Right. And and gave him that next step, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um so that, that I heard that interview too, and it was and, just and really, really good. Cool. And then it's like because sometimes we don't really understand people's doubt. Sometimes we we might like, oh man, am I going to get this job? That's a, I mean that's a doubt, but that's you know you're questioning. But that's in a way that's a simple doubt. I don't want to mean to downsize it, but there are people who you know like go through something that's like an actual challenge. What makes it hard? Like fight, like you said, fight to get into the work yeah. because something that they lost or something that happened to them. Whether it's uh, self-inflicted or just how it just happened, you know, it's a, a real, real doubt. Like it makes you think, like you know, kind of almost type of thing that messes with your reality as yeah. you know it. Yeah. You know, Pastor, Pastor Matt, can you can you talk to us about that? I, I know you you've walked through this. You know, when you lost your father. Yeah. Um, can you talk to the people that might might be going through a loss right now? That that don't see how they could even open the Bible and, and walk through the, through that? Well, you just got to do it. So you just got to do it. There's there's just no other way to do it. I mean, you, 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 when you feel like it, when you don't, you got to open the book. That's what he was saying. Um, I was, when my dad died, I felt like I've, I had the, the finger of God in my back pushing me into the Word. And so um, through through different circumstances that happened, because when my dad died, 58, pastor, man of God, integrity, like, this shouldn't have happened, right? Doing things for the kingdom. You know, I had believed this um, theology of if you do the right things, God will bless you. And we define blessing 
by health and wealth and prosperity, right? Mm -hmm. That's blessing, you know. And I do believe if you do the right things, God will bless you, but he's the one who gets to define what what blessing is. We don't get to define it. But at the time, I I just couldn't understand. It made no sense to me how, because in my mind, my dad was someone who did the right things, made a lot of sacrifices to serve God, and this is what he gets. This is what he gets. And uh, we were devastated. And so I just, I I came to the realization that there are some things I've believed about God that are not true because I can't, I can't process this through my doctrine. My theology can't handle what the event that has happened. And so I said, there's, there's things about God that I don't understand. There's things about God that I believe that are false and how am I going to find the truth? How am I going to sort this all out? Well, oh my God, I got to go to the Word. And so really, I just went to the Word with a blank slate, and I said, God, just show me who you are. Show, show me the truth. I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe the gospel. I, I know God is real. He's done things in my life that have sealed me with the Holy Spirit, right? Like, So there's that bedrock of faith, but everything else... I just I just clean slate. What does the word say? What does the Bible say? And as I got into it, I just again it was just the sovereignty of God and and that he is going to do what he wants to do and he's going to do whatever he wants to do to accomplish his purpose. And he's God and we're not and we just got there. It's it's a faith walk. It is walking by faith, not by sight. Faith is not some sort of pinata stick that we use to hit God to get what we want. Mm, that's good. Come on. Isn't there a button you push for that? Yeah, we'll clap for it. If it's Thank you. Um, <laughs> if things are going well, what do I need faith for? Right. So people think faith is what you use to make things go well, but. Man, faith it comes out. It's it's the evidence of things unseen. Mm-hmm. Is that what the Bible says? Yeah. Right. So it, it's the confident assurance of things I I don't see. I, I don't see it with my natural eyes, but I choose to trust God. That's faith. Yeah. And so I I learned those things, and that's why I say I really felt like I had God's finger pushing me in the back into His Word, because I'm like I I gotta figure this out. My whole life is growing up in church. My whole life is this stuff, and I, I can't, I can't even, I don't even know how to handle what what is going on here. So, is that what is what pushed you to your perspective that you shared with us last night about basically how the the church needs to reevaluate what we think is what the church should be, um, or was there something that went on in the last couple of years that? That yeah, that new perspective. Yeah, so um, you know, then as, as things progressed, you know, I, I about two years after my dad died, I became the pastor, and um, I had just I, I approached that with the same mentality. Well, I, I've I've seen how my grandpa did it, and I saw how my dad did it. Are you the oldest boy? I am. Okay. Yeah, I have four younger brothers. Okay, but. What, is, what does the Bible say about this? Does the Bible have anything to say about how we should run a church? Does the Bible have anything to say about what we should preach? Does the Bible have anything to say about governance and 
Well, yeah, it actually has a lot to say. So, and thankfully, for the most part, in, in the, the, the areas that really mattered, we li- our church lined up with the Word of God. Our, our governance structure is elders and deacons, right, who are qualified by what First Timothy chapter 3 says. So we, we had a lot of the foundational things already in place, but it just affirmed to me that that we're, we're not doing this just because Dave Bell did this. We're not doing this just because John Bell did this. <clears throat> we're doing it this way because God's Word says we ought to do it this way. We're preaching what we preach not because I have some revelation, right, from God, or God told me, you know, so so what? Like, what is, that's so subjective, that's so, uh, it, it how, how do I know that that's true? Right, where's the currency behind it, right? Where's, and, and, and I, I saw that so many, and I don't mean to step on anybody's toes, um, but so, so much of what comes across the pulpit is God, gave me this revelation last night. God showed me this, and I was going to preach this, but God woke me up in the middle of the night. He told me to preach that, and okay, but that could be right. That could not be right. That Maybe that happened. Maybe that didn't happen. Is, is there anything else underneath this? Is there any absolute truth? And yes, we have it. We have absolute truth, and we have to preach that. That's good. We have to preach that. Um, I'm not discounting the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I came in this morning. Uh, I, went, I went to bed last night with one a certain message to preach. I woke up this morning and loaded up another one and printed both of them because I didn't know which one I was going to use this morning. And then Pastor uh, Nissen was preaching and I wrote down a third one while he was preaching. I'll use that one. And then during worship, on right before I'm supposed to go up, Brother David Cook comes and reminds me of this testimony. And I'm like, you know what? I think I want to share that. So I'm not discounting the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I didn't get up and say, the reason why I'm doing this is because God told me. Say it, the Lord. You know, and, and well, why does that matter? Because if I do that, then you're putting your confidence in me and not in the word. And and people use that because they they think they need to prop up the Bible. They think that the word of God is not sufficient. And they think that if they say, well, I was going to do this, but God told me to do that, then all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess I better listen. Well, I'll tell you a quick story on that. We were at a church and um, the pastor came up and told my wife that she was being disobedient because she wasn't doing a certain thing in the church. and uh, But my wife knew that God had called her to do something else. And so now it put her in this turmoil. Like, what am I supposed to do? This 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 man of God is saying that God told him that she's being disobedient. So, And it, and it put her in a bad place for a long time. There's, there's a Bible study right there called Stuck. That Bible study got her in about... 10 other women in, in this church out of that stuck place, you know? So we have to be real careful, like what you're saying about what, what are we, what are we propping up here? Is it your agenda or God's agenda? Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I've, I've said those things before. Um, and, and the Lord just, he convicted me. He's like, why are you saying that? What, 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 what's the motivation behind you getting up there and saying you were going to do one thing, but now you're doing another. Yeah. Why, why do you need to say that? 
And I had to evaluate. And I said, well, the real reason why is I want people to think I'm spiritual. Yeah. I want people to think I hear from God. Yeah, your own ego. I, I want I want people to listen to me. And, and if I say that, then the, they'll be like, oh, well, he really heard from God this week. Right. I, I want... Um, and and I I just I was convicted that I was I was doing it for me. Yeah. And the truth is, every time the word of God is open, people should be listening. Because because that's where the power is. That that's where the that's where the truth is. And so I've I've. I don't say that anymore, you know? How do you balance that out? Because I know for me, I'm super careful with it. And the Lord has given me certain gifts, and sometimes he does show me things, right? But I'm I'm on the other side. I'm, I'm so afraid to use it, right? To sometimes, and it's happened to me four or five times where the Lord almost takes my breath away and puts this weight on my chest so much that, He's like, you want to, you want to breathe or you want to say this, you know, but I'll wait almost sometimes I feel like I wait too long because I don't want to be, I don't want to be that pastor that spends somebody's faith out of control. Like they did my wife, you know, how do you, how do you balance that? Well, the, the ultimate authority is the word of God. And so no matter what, no matter what anybody comes up and tells me, thus saith the Lord, if it doesn't line up with the word immediately, it's in the trash. Right. But as a, as a pastor, Getting that from the Lord. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I teach our people that the, the prophecy has to align with the word of God. Yeah. And if it doesn't, uh, it, it, it's not, it's not from God. Yeah. And, and then I also teach our people that subjective words about what you should do with your life, who you should marry. I mean, if you can't validate it in the word of God, you, you definitely shouldn't be acting on anything that violates your conscience. That's good. That doesn't line with up, up with what the Holy Spirit has given you. And you go up your authority structure. So, you know, your wife, he, she gets this prophetic word. Were you there when she got it? No. Yeah. So, number one, I would have told her, hey, don't let anybody give you a prophetic word anymore unless I'm there. Well, and to make, to make things even worse, it was a family member. Okay. You know what I'm saying? A yeah. close family member. Yeah. Uh, so, well, but she comes to you. Yeah. Now you're her authority, right? Mm-hmm. According to the right Bible, mm-hmm. um, you're her covering. And so you say, that that's not true. But shoot it down. Do, you know, knock it down. Go to your elders. This, this is what someone's told me. They, they can then discern, right? And then above, above that is the word of God. And so you have those authority structures in your life to protect you as well. That's good. Um, so when we talk about some of those things, um, we how do you, when we're talking about exactly what the word says, mm-hmm. and this is something that came up today, you brought it up just briefly last night without being offensive about it. So when we're talking about the homosexual stuff that we talked about earlier, how how do you do that in grace with still loving them without being hateful towards them? Because all week we've had this two we had this two ladies that are, you know, they're gay and they've been coming all week and they've been at the altar several times this week. If they would have been here today, I think 
it would have just blown everything out of the water that God had started in their life um, by some of the some of the language that was used. Right. So for me, how do, how do we balance that? How do we tell the truth, but it's still be loving at the same time? Because yeah. the Bible sometimes is not always that, you know, some I mean, he calls it wrong is wrong, um, but it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, there was nothing that you said today, by the way. Right. Yeah, so. I, know, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Um, so I, I don't know if these other guys want to chime in or just I'll let you take that sit one here and let up. me yeah. give my wisdom. You are the guest of honor um, today, so there you go. No, it's, it's, you know, I've been in situations where I have to confront people with the Word of God, and I've, I've had people tell me this, this is not, this doesn't feel very loving. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I have to, and I'm and I'm talking on a in a in a setting like this, yeah. right? Where mm-hmm. it's like it's you have to call some things on the carpet, yeah. And it, because it's just, and I'm not talking about like personality conflicts on the church staff, right? I'm talking about immorality, sexual immorality, sin. It has to be addressed, so you address it, and you know this is not loving, and. The, the the here get your get your clap ready. The um, to a person who doesn't love the truth, the truth seems to them to be unloving. That's who clap. Okay. Now, when someone doesn't love the truth, when you come to them with the truth, it, it comes across as as unloving. And we have, we as leaders have to evaluate our hearts. It, it, Am I harboring anything other than love in this moment? And if I am, God sanctify me, God purify me. Um, but I had, I had, you know, I've had to explain to these people: the only reason I'm talking to you is because I love you, right? The only reason, what, what, what do I have to gain from this? I, actually, I, I have nothing to gain. The potential for loss is huge. You could leave the church. Your family could leave the church. You know, you could go and. Blast me on social media. Like, my potential for loss in this situation is huge. The upside is also huge is that you repent. Right. And and the only reason I would want to see that is because I, I genuinely love you. I genuinely care about you. And then in the pulpit, I think we have to be careful with the language that we use. You know? I think we got to be careful um, to take pains to to make sure that people know that it's in love. But we can't be handicapped, or, or we can't handicap ourselves, or handcuff ourselves where we can't preach the truth anymore because we're worried that they're going to think it's unloving. Like we have to draw the line with the truth. We yeah. have to draw the line with what the Bible says. I think so for sure. Um, but I think a lot of times Christians fly, you know, these banners that are that are hurtful. You know, like banners of. Jesus hates fags and, and, and language like that. Cause, because when we look, we, we look, we talked about certain ones that it's a, this is a trend, right? These, these young ladies are doing this as a trend, but then you also have the pain of, you know, sexual misconduct with these young boys and girls that turn into, you know, homosexuality. Uh, And they're just as confused as why are they this way as, you know, we are. 
um, because sin entered their life and now the devil's lying to them and, and, and they're in this bondage. And then they hear a pastor saying certain things that, oh, I thought they're, they were supposed to be loving to me, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that we have to be real careful that we have some of those conversa- conversations one-on-one and we don't, we don't hurt ourselves before we get the opportunity. But at, at the same time, you know, the, the pastor's job is to protect the sheep yeah, and to minister to the sheep. And so there's a, what, what was going on this morning that was referenced was a, you have to tell the sheep the truth mm-hmm. and reinforce the truth in their life. Because if you don't, because you're afraid of this is going to fit in this group, this is going to fit in that group, then, then they leave not, know, not, not knowing what the truth is, not knowing what the word of God is. And, so there's this there's this purifying effect within the church. We want to keep the the we're pursuing holiness, but if there's never any, you know, if you never teach on abortion because you know you know you've got ladies in the church that have had abortion, and but what does the Bible say? Well, killing babies is murder. So you know, do I not say that just so I don't make the people who have killed their babies feel bad? Well, what about the teenager that's fooling around with her boyfriend and she's about to get pregnant? But the pastor's afraid to never talk about abortion because he doesn't want to make people feel bad that have done it. Then, then you are derelict in your duty as a shepherd. And so we, we, we have to care for the sheep and teach them the truth and do it in a way that's loving and do it in a way that's compassionate and do it in a way that points to Christ. And, and he, we're all fallen and we're all sinful. And without him, we're all a bunch of wrecks. But to also hold up God's standard of righteousness yeah, at the same I, time. I totally agree, and you, you said it well. Um, just kind of switch switch uh, conversation real quick. Tell us about the uh, transition between those two years that you, you, you took from when your uh, father had passed, and then I'm sure there was a, a growing process and maybe a mentorship thing going on for those two years, or maybe God trying to convince you that you are the, you know, the next up. Uh, tell us how that process went. Um, it's one of those things where you you like sausage, but you don't want to see how it's made. Yeah, right. So it was it was a bloody process. It was <laughs> it was not pretty. Uh, there was a lot of things that went on that were hard on everybody. It was a, it was just a so many people thrown into a really bad situation and. In the end, God was glorified, and, and God brought us through. Um, lots of people speaking into my life, lots of people calling me out on sin, lots of people helping me uh, just see blind spots and, and things in my life. Made a lot of mistakes, made a ton of mistakes. Wish I could done things way differently than sometimes that I did. But I had people that loved me, you know, and they stuck with me, and, and, and they helped me. And uh, I thank God for that. We, we, you need mentors. You, you got to have people in your life that can speak into your life. Uh, if you don't, you, you're just you're handicapping yourself. But it had to be tough, right? Because you're. I mean, here you are as as a young man trying yeah. to deal with the pain of yeah. losing a, a father, and then I think your mother passed not too much long later. later uh, six right? years later. Six later. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of after that, and then now you're trying to step into. Not just into a pastoral role, but you're stepping to your father's shoes. Yeah. You know, I imagine that had to be tough trying to balance all that at the same time. It was very tough. 
and the story is very long. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> so maybe I can come back on another. I mean, it, I, I've sat down with people, and three hours later, we're oh, still well, going. Yeah, yeah we I, don't got time I, for I, that. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's why the godly men who who saw I was broken, who poured themselves into me, uh, is is what made all the difference. And again, just just it, again, it's the word of God and letting the word minister to you and. It, it's just given me a, a renewed confidence, you know, um, to preach the word and that it has, it, it does not return void. Um, sometimes we get off of what it says and we get into the flesh. And I think that's maybe where we were talking about previously about maybe even people getting hurt uh, is when we get into the flesh sometimes. But it's, the word hurts too. And yeah. it's a sword. The word hurts the most, especially when it comes from your husband and your wife, right? My my wife, it's hard for me to minister to my wife, you know, because she sees me one way, but then she she has to, um, my wife plays the biblical role well, you know, but sometimes it's one of those things that go, okay, you know, wait a minute, where am I supposed to be, you know, and then she falls under, you know, that umbrella, but um, it's tough sometimes, it's tough the other way too, when she comes to me and she says, hey, Hey, Pat, you know, that's, that's her first thing <laughs> hey, is, pastor. Hey pastor, you know, and then she corrects me and I'm just like, no, 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 no. you said, Hey pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so sometimes the, those corrections from loved ones that they, they tend to hurt. Um, so what did the transition look like when you was bringing your ideas into the church? Um, you know, I tried to do it slow, um, which I, I, if, if I had it to do it over again, I wouldn't do it slow. I asked Pastor uh, Jason yesterday, do we rip the Band-Aid off or yeah. do we move it an inch at a time? Yeah. And he said, depending on what it was. But. Yeah, I moved it a, I moved it an inch at a time on a lot of different things. And looking back, I would have ripped the Band-Aid off a lot more. Yeah. I thought I was being wise and, and saving myself heartache. And we'll just move it really slow and people won't notice and we'll keep everybody together. But then people notice and they leave. And it's like, I could have just... Wasted done this a bunch two of time. years ago. Yeah. You know? All the grief at once, and then got over with it yep. instead of stringing it out for two or three years. Yeah, yeah. And not not being dishonoring to people and 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 just destroying things that people love. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that I wish I would have moved on faster. You know, what was the the biggest thing that you thought was going to be tough, but it turned out to be really good. Uh, I have no, no, it's all hard. (laughs) 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 The the hardest things are the good things. I mean, it, it, you know, there's nothing that I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't, I've been to San Antonio a lot. Most of the time when I go to church in San Antonio, it's IBC. I've never been over to y'all's church, but y'all, what's y'all's like uh, worship service look like? Well, we have some music. Well, yeah, but is it like a, a contemporary <laughs> smoke and, and we lights? We don't have smoke. We don't have lights. You lots have, of skinny jeans. Have lasers. And, and, uh, no, no, not a lot of skinny jeans. Um, I, I, confetti. I am not. Uh, I'm not impressed by production. Yeah, I think it. Again, I'm, I'm getting opinionated or sharing my opinion. This is just an opinion, right? So take with it what you want, but. Um, I I just don't I 
I don't care if you have laser lights. I don't care if you have your worship band dialed into the nth degree. Do these people know the presence of God? Mm -hmm. And do they know how to get you there? And I've I've been I, I've been in a church in Mexico that all they had was a out of tune piano. This guy gets on there, and we were in the holy of holies. I mean, yeah. just instant. I mean, from the first note this guy played, and he just he carried that presence of God with him. I've been in I've been in stadiums where they have everything, and and it's just like. Is there anything here other than the lights and the sound? And there, it turns out there's not, you know. Um, and I'm being a little critical there. So I, I but there is both. Yeah, I was gonna say I've been everywhere too. Yeah, there is both. Somebody that has it all. There, I mean, there's there's worship leaders that get the privilege to lead worship with all the good stuff behind them too. Yeah. So my 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 beef is that young guys and 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 churches that want to be cool and contemporary. They they model themselves after the people that potent, maybe have both, but they only copy the music yeah. and they only copy the lights. The and easy only, stuff, yeah, because that's yeah. easy, mm-hmm. you know. And people are impressed by that because they're carnal and they're worldly, and they seem good. They, they you know, oh wow, this is so amazing, and I, I just don't care, mm-hmm. you know. Like last night, you know, there's no lights, there's no smoke. But Stacy just man, he he ushers ushered us into the presence of God last night, and I'll I'll take I'll take last night's worship over X Y and Z band seven days out of the week, mm-hmm. every time. And I know there's this crazy felt dove back there, and <laughs> there's a flag lady almost knocking me over. <laughs> but man, I it's real, yeah. it's authentic, it's and it's. Because some things are real, and you're like, I, I, that's real, but I don't appreciate it. You know, like, um, there, there's, you know, uh, yeah, there's some things that aren't appropriate, even though they're real. But there are some things that, I mean, it was, they're offering up their worship to the Lord. It, it's this beautiful thing, and it's, it's totally genuine. They're not doing it because of themselves or they want glory. And, uh, I've been in places where they were all about, the the they they thought they were it they thought what they were doing was it yeah, yeah. they were drinking their own Kool-Aid and yeah. it's just I, I don't care for it yeah and, and over the years I've done lots of events especially being a youth pastor for you know almost 10 years probably you know you bring these people in and then I just you know as soon as they show up you know what? What their expectations and different things like that. But the ones I was telling Pastor Jason, the ones that I love the most is they they get off the plane and how can I serve you? Yeah. You know what is it I can do? I know that I'm going to perform for you later, but can I help you set up the chairs? Can I can I do these things? And you were just like, where's it? Where did this? Mm-hmm. I didn't know angels flew on planes. You know. <laughs> um, and then you and then you find out this guy is serious about ministry. It's, right. the, it's not about mm-hmm. you know what things are coming out of his mouth while he's on stage, but it's truly about the souls, you know? Um, so did y'all have a band come out of y'all's church that kind of did some national stuff? Abandoned? No, I'm, I thought it was a, like a different worship band. Was it abandoned? Did abandoned, abandoned come out of y'all's church? They did. I think that was like a female singer or something. 
Maybe not. No. 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 It wasn't no. a... None of our female singers have come and gone national. I didn't know a band was from Yost Church. Yeah, yeah. I went. they were in youth group with me. Really? That's why they're so wonderful. That's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's Rick and Cynthia's kids. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. they've told me about them before. Yeah, so we're talking about some good people. Yeah. That whole family's good people. Very good. Well, Pastor Matt, thanks for stopping Hey, by. thanks for having me, man. I hope I hope the people listening to this can take everything I said as gospel and just run with it, and you just, know? And just blindly follow. <laughs> so I got, we need more flags during the service. More dollies that. and probably, probably need to get a table on each side of the pulpit. You know, just you add one. I felt kind of blocked in because you got that one table and then you got the Aviom. You know, yeah, it's I like know. I, I just I'll just stand here in the middle. Well, I, guess. I thought was pretty impressive during COVID is you picked that used piece of gum up like it was nothing <laughs> and just strung it out like I thought you was about that. He got more. He just got more faith than you, man. He wasn't lying. <laughs> he, he wasn't lying. It was really up there. <laughs> it was really up there. Now that was oh. a first. That was a first. Wow. I had to show. I had a sense of humor after last night. You yeah. Know? Last night. No, look. You, you still had night, a you go, sense of humor last night. Last night I, you said, "Y'all want some more?" <laughs> <laughs> after you I, drank your water, I was just like, "Yeah, it's great." I'm really happy we got to talk to you because I was telling my wife when I got home last night because she had class, she wasn't there, and I, she's like, "You know how church go? How to go?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it was really good." And I said, "I'd, I'd love to talk to this guy because like something about just the frustration and the sarcasm." that was coming out like in his delivery of preaching. I was like, I just so relate to that. And I, I, so there was definitely, there was times up there where you were saying very serious, not supposed to be funny things. And I was just, I just couldn't stop laughing. And so they were telling me to quiet down the sound. Booth. I, <laughs> I leaned like, over to my wife and I was just like, I don't remember him being like this last year. <laughs> I said, he's super serious. Like what's going on? Yeah. Well, you know, once you get invited back somewhere, it's just like <laughs> got a little more confidence. Whatever, I'm doing what I'm going to do now. Let it fly, you know. Randy's been here a long time. Then well, that's his problem. That's yeah. his. <laughs> just kidding. We love you, Randy. We're yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he ever? Com- is he coming on later? Or he no? never gave me one. You know, Randy. Was just oh, one Randy. Thing, what? Yeah. Where's the? No, no, not that one. Where's the? There it is. Randy. 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 Well. Maybe we'll get him in. I don't know if we'll be able to have, we'll have time or not. But Matt, thank you for having me. It's yeah, for sure. You're definitely better honor. than Randy, anyways, because you showed up. <laughs> hey, sure. showing up's half the battle. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll check in with you next week. We love you. This is the Refuge Project.